Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Kid Icarus, and this is my podcast. My guest today is a hip-hop artist from Lawton, Oklahoma. You can find his track, PTSD, and his uh, my favorite of his projects, Three For You, both over on Spotify. Please welcome Hunter Hadley. What's going on? Ha, 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 because actual episodes start with laughing. Oh, yeah? Uh, but I just feel like that's a thing in podcasting, you know? Theme song comes in, and then everyone's laughing when it comes back, and I don't know why. Um, yeah, so what is up, Hunter? How Man, are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. I am... There's some fights going on right now, um, yeah. and I did not know they started this early, but um, they're going on right now. I'm, I may miss the main event, um, but... I found this site where I can watch all of them afterwards um, mm. pretty easily, and it runs really well afterwards. So I'm, I'm still going to be able to see them at the time I expected them to. But uh, let's see, man. You've got you've got some projects out on Spotify, um, and I've been listening to them for the past couple weeks since we booked this. Um, Thank you. And I'll tell you what. One of the things that strikes me about your music um, – so I, I mentioned that three for you might be my favorite of your projects. Mm -hmm. um, that first track, Never Stop, um, has like three different voices that you do. Um, yeah. And like it's, it's a pretty cool thing where like the beat is pretty static throughout, but you're able to bring in dynamics by changing up your voices. Um, yeah, yeah. What is, you know, what is your thoughts on the whole changing up your voices? You got like multiple hooks, it's almost like, because each time you change your voice, it's a new catchy section. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you purposefully try to be like, is that the thought process? I'm gonna change the dynamics with my voice to try and switch it up? Mm, I pretty much kind of just do what's natural, you know? Okay. Um, but that comes from, influences like Kendrick and Eminem and like, you know, all the, the legends, you know, they, yeah. they can, you might hear one song and it sounds like this and this song sounds like a totally different person, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, just try to do what's natural and switch it up when I can. Okay. How did you start getting into making music? What's your musical background? Do uh, you, do you have, um, do you play any instruments? Uh, regrettably, no. Okay. For now, you know. So background started with hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like taking it seriously, probably like sixteen, fifteen. Okay. Um, or at least like writing hip hop and starting to write songs, started recording. Mm -hmm. But my first rap name was LPJ, and that was a uh, little pimp juice, and I was seven okay. years old. My mom's boyfriend gave that to me, so um, I always wanted to to rap, you know, okay. for a long time. So. Yeah, just started in, you know, high school and made a mixtape, started selling it in high school, lot and high. And, you know. All right. So um, as a little kid, um, where where were the um, people in your life bringing hip hop into? Who who was it that was giving you uh, inspiration and stuff? Well, my mom, you know, she loved Eminem and Tech 9 and ICP and... Snoop Dogg, you know, that was the first album yeah. I ever got was a doggy style, uh, Snoop Dogg, you know, and um, and my dad liked heavy metal, so a lot of okay. Pantera and Hatebreed and System of a Down, so just like a mixture, you know. That's funny. I feel like um, my parents were something similar. Hmm. Um, I don't think my mom will admit it, but she was a big fan of like the late '90s hip hop. Um, she'd always like 
be like watching uh dmx or tupac movies you know like yeah. they'd be in movies um and uh but she's she's a good christian lady so you know gotcha. all that foul music she doesn't, she doesn't like, like an undercover fan <laughs> yeah nice. um and i remember uh doggy style specifically like that was my brother's birthday party when i was like eight or something that was like Damn. the soundtrack to it wow. you know um which fantastic album mm-hmm. i think is um not brought up enough like i know that it's mm. considered a classic by a lot of people but i don't think it is like the magnitude of how good that album is i mm. don't think is brought up enough because it is distinct from the rest of the like g-funk era stuff yeah. um because it's kind of got this much more aggressive drum tone to it like it's yeah. it's fast which is weird because snoop dogg's so laid back but you get tracks like murder is the case that they gave me where like that's coming in hard yeah, you know yeah. um and i i think it's um not mentioned enough by people 100 percent. when you said aggressive before you said it that was what was in my head it's yeah even you know his the rest of his discography you know that one is i think he was just hungry you know yeah. young he was so young and just yeah young and had fresh dr dre and with had, him hadn't um hadn't softened up by the by his career yet hadn't mm-hmm. made enough money to be like all right i can relax yet yeah um yeah. so when you were in high school and you started taking it seriously um why 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 did mm. you do that well why not start taking calculus seriously or something well you know i always loved hip-hop right so mm. i just already loved it and um when you see progression, it makes you want to motivate it, like motivate you. Mm-hmm. So like if you start off writing not so good and then your writing gets better, it's like motivating, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, from third grade to 11th grade, I went to this place called Student Adjustment Center. So it was like instead of being suspended for a period of time, you go to this school where it's like different times and I got in trouble a lot. Mm-hmm and uh sorry i'm gonna keep no talking problem. i just gotta fix something real quick yeah basically yeah. um uh you'd be in a cubicle and the teacher wouldn't really be uh helping you out so mm-hmm. i just kind of was like all right fuck school you know yeah so you know just stuck with music i dropped out you know and okay. um just stuck with the music how, how old are you 27. okay so at what point did you um come to la 2018 2018 okay and what was uh what was the moment why why did you decide like i'm gonna go all the way across the country uh well so my homie jordan who you met saint pierre Mm -hmm. he uh he was here a year a year and a half before me and um he was telling me, Is like, he yo. also from Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah that's oh, where we met in, in uh, high school. I not know that. Yeah, well, he's kind of from all over, you okay. know, Army, yeah. Mom. But, uh, so, yeah, he was like, man, you need to come out here. Way more opportunity, you yeah. know. At the time, I was in a relationship that went kaput. And I was like, it's time to go, yeah. you know. So, yeah, took my um, drive. It's, it's interesting. I had... Um, I used to be in this punk band when I was um, right after my senior year of high school and my first year um, of college, I was in this hardcore punk band. Um, and we 
played shows a bunch. We released one album eventually. Um, it's okay for what it is. It's um, it's we put on a fantastic show though. Like okay. our music was all right. Our shows were the best. Um, oh. But we had I had the opportunity to have um, the band Close Your Eyes stay at my house once mm. um, while they recorded an album and. I was talking to them like, how do you guys uh, schedule tours? Do you guys like get spots in other places where you have to sell pre-sale and stuff? Because in LA, that's how you get shows is you get like, all right, you're going to get this show, but you got to sell 20 tickets, $10 a piece. Yeah. Um, and they're from Texas and they were like, that's not really a thing other places. I mean, they were like, that's pretty much just a California and New York thing. And I was like, mm. oh. Okay, so how is it in Oklahoma? How are the how's the getting shows out there? Man, uh, when I was doing shows in Oklahoma, it was like super small shows, like yeah. coffee shops, and mm. you know they're just hooking us up and letting us go. You know, high school kids, just you know. So I haven't been back. We did one show where we rented out like a coliseum and uh, had like probably like ten artists perform, and it was really cool, you know. But yeah, yeah I get it. As far as LA, you gotta sell a certain amount of tickets and mm. you know. Sometimes the shows are not so filled and you're like, Yeah, oh, yeah it's my. I I think it's less so in hip hop because we're all like individuals and it's harder. Mm. With bands particularly, like because you got like five people, twenty tickets is only like four people and you eat half of them anyway, so it's like twenty bucks, you know? Um, yeah. But like with hip-hop artists like i had taken a few shows at uh chain reaction when i was in high school as a hip-hop mm. artist and chain reactions a all-age punk club in uh in anaheim um great great venue if you ever get an opportunity to play there it's fantastic but okay. um the promoters that i worked with were hardcore promoters and they were kind of like we can't fill a hip-hop show here you go, you know, here's 20 tickets, sell them for $10 each. And it was like, nobody there. Nobody would ever be there. Um, I think that once I started doing more hip hop, like hip hop promoters seem to understand more, like the most I ever get told is like, hey, bring like five people. And it's like, yeah, that's that's reasonable. 20 yeah. people, a bit much. Um, I think sometimes it's like, because I've brought in people before, yeah. to a show mm -hmm. and there's still nobody there so then it's right? still depressing so it's <laughs> yeah. like sometimes i'd rather just go solo mm -hmm. see how it is you know mm -hmm. and then okay then i'll i'll we'll do another show and now i'll invite yeah. people yeah but if it's you know yeah i'll tell you what um i i enjoy i went to a show recently um this past weekend um i went to Two shows in Reseda um, for Young Baca Productions. Shout out Young Baca. Shout out Young Baca. Um, they, they hit me up on a Saturday and they were like, you know, it's short notice, but can you play it on Sunday? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, short notice, I wasn't going to be able to get anybody to go. I hit up some people that were like, nah, not able to. Um, plus, Reseda is pretty far. Um, but I went over the regulars at the bar. I was like, that's I kind of like that. Mm. Like, they were like, you know, older people and like not really into hip hop, I don't think, but I, I won at least one of them over. Oh, yeah? One of them was like, you know, I listen to a lot of metal and stuff, but like I really like atmosphere and you reminded me of atmosphere. There and I was go. like, ha, thank you, man. I love atmosphere. 
Hell yeah. Um, so it's fun to go to shows where you don't know anyone and be like, I'm going to win over these people who aren't even here for their show. They're just here to drink and play pool. I feel you on that. And, you know, some of them will last, you know, you'll, you can make a relationship with one of them or, yeah. you know, they'll follow you for so long. And, you know, it does, even when it's not packed or anything, you can still make an impact. And, yeah, you know. I like, um, I like knowing that one day they might hear my name again and be like, oh, yeah, I saw that person once, you know? Um, yeah. My yeah. my mom tells this story about how, like, a friend of hers um, <laughs> sublime through their tape through her window when they were young um, because, the, like, one of their band members had a crush on her and was like, hey, check out my band. And she was like, these creeps keep following me around. They gave me their tape, but it ended up being sublime. Fuck, they didn't man. know, you know? Um, and so, like, I want... I want to give people those stories to tell, you know, yeah, like, no, oh yeah, sure. yeah, I know that guy. I've seen him before, you know. Yeah, he passed out the, the podcast sticker. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, what are some What are some of the best places you've performed here in LA? Um, Los Globos is cool, and I'm bad with names, man. I'm really bad with names. Just, just describe it. Just describe a place with the, with uh, that you've experienced. Well, there's also a place called the Foxhole on Hollywood Boulevard. It got shut down, but that was cool. Um, probably the coolest show was when me and Boris, we did the Ted Bunny tape, and uh, it was, I think it was a vodka show. Okay. Or maybe not a vodka show, but, uh, you know, we're screaming and all this, and it was totally different than, you know, just the rap that was... The rest of the performances and we saw these people in the back and they were like they were into it you yeah. know and after the show they like brought us over there they you know they had some stuff for us some uh you know some some goodies and uh it was a crazy night you know yeah that's um that's interesting because i i had assumed knowing you were from oklahoma um that maybe like a lot of your stuff was made in oklahoma and then you came here but mm. Boris, um, the the Ted Bundy tapes you re recorded that here as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, you say you know uh, your your mom was in the hip hop, your dad was in the metal. What what kind of uh, music did you listen to the most during like your um, formative years, mm. your late high school years? Man, well, definitely a lot of Kid Cudi. You okay, know, that's like my my top Eminem and Kid Cudi are like tied for me. Okay. Um, that's that's a good combo. Yeah, you know. Mixing those two styles together yeah. makes some good music. They're legends, man. Uh, a lot of Kanye, uh, Kendrick, Drake. Okay, uh, so mainly hip hop were the was the music you were listening to. Yeah, mainly. I liked a band name. Uh, I still like them. Chevelle. Oh, yo, Chevelle. Chevelle's dope. Yeah, it's a band. Uh, have you heard of Hurt? Uh yes, I've. Yeah. Not a band, though. I've not heard of a band called Her. Mm. I, when you said it, I thought maybe, but I'm thinking of that song by Johnny Cash and Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cage the Elephant, as far as, like, now, yo. as far as, like, branching off from hip-hop, you know, I like Cage the Elephant. Cage the Elephant's dope. Um, there's an artist named Baby Rose. You ever heard of Baby Rose? I've not heard of Baby Rose. Yeah, she sounds like a like a 70-year-old, like, soul singer. Okay. she's, like, 25. That sounds great. Yeah, it, it's kind of like... Um, the rehab one 
Yeah, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I like about Amy Winehouse. She sounds like she's from the fifties or something. Yeah, exactly. Rest in peace. Yeah, um, yeah. Chevelle, man. Chevelle is one of those bands that um, I tried to learn every song on guitar off of their album uh, "Wonder What's Next." Like that's mm. that album. Like I, I went through and learned like every Damn. song off of it. Um, them, uh, the first Lincoln Park album I did that with. Yeah, um, and um well it's good charlotte there was a good charlotte album that i learned like there's a few bands that was like i want to be able to play this style and chevelle was one of them chevelle is fantastic the vocalist man that dude really good it's like yeah crazy Crazy, yeah it's it's almost like like tool light like he's Mm. got a similar vocals to tool but they're not as you know, eight minute songs that go on a bit too long about them. Um, not to say anything bad about Tool. Yes. Tool's great too. Shout um, out Tool. But sometimes you got to mix some poppy elements into the music, you know? Yeah, a little um, bit. Which uh, brings me back to your music because you got some uh, more aggressive un- underground kind of stuff and some more poppier tracks. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this uh, Ted Bundy tapes. Um, how how do you get into that style like man um so you know like i said my dad like he has cfh tattooed on him oh yeah so i listened to a lot of pantera and um i didn't even know who the suicide boys were when we were making it you know after we released it i'm hearing oh sounds kind of like suicide boys which they're dope yeah um but really man it's just you know sometimes it's whatever the music calls for, mm-hmm. you know? So if it's like a poppy beat, then it'll be some pop yeah. type stuff. Like there's a song called Where Do We Go? It's like super inspired by Hey Ya by Andre 3000, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the time, first time I meet Boris, uh, or first time I go to record, he has um, crystals, like a whole shelf of crystals and like a Buddha book and all this. But he's like long hair, super tatted dude. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, he pulls out an AR from under his bed, and it was just the combination, the environment was just this vibe, and yeah. uh, you know the beats were just aggressive, and we just went in there, and he screams too. Yeah. He's the only other rapper I, I met at that time who also you know screams. So we just yeah. When did that come out? It. Um, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Okay. Twenty twenty. Yeah. And then we were working on an Ed Gein tape. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and then. Uh, he like switch no more hip hop. He's doing like alternative rock music now. Oh, really? So you know, that's we'll interesting. See. I I want to check that out. I'm always yeah. looking for more um, because I'm constantly going to hip hop shows. I I see too many hip hop artists. Like I got a long list of hip hop artists to listen to. Yeah. I don't get that same with like rock bands, you know. Mm. Um, which like I enjoy that kind of music. Um, shout out to Dulos. Uh, they're uh christian straight edge punk band that i met uh at the end in the summer last summer um and they're they're dope i had their guitars on here um yeah i'm a big fan of meeting bands you know um it's a hell of a combination christian straight edge christian straight edge some of them are vegan oh Uh, shit yeah Um, they they have this fantastic Ninja Turtle shirt that I bought when I saw them. It's okay. it's just Ninja Turtles and then their their name on it. Um, and, and what's their name? Dulos. Dulos. Yeah. Dulos. Okay. Um, it's, Shout out Dulos. Yeah, some kind of biblical term. Um, sure. 
Yeah, so Ted Bundy tapes, fantastic. Um, Thank you. The hardcore vocals, as I can call them, excellent. Um, Thank you, Yeah, man. 2020, so it was, um, at that time, who a lot of people bring up the Suicide Boys, um, and I have never really listened to them, because um, I, I also do screaming in my music. Um, oh. And, like, yeah, a lot of people bring up the Suicide Boys, I I liked um, the person who I liked that does it is uh, XXX. Um, there's Imagine. there's something about his screaming when he does it that tells me like oh this guy is a part of the scene where um, a lot of the other uh, rappers that bring in screaming I, I feel like they're trying to capitalize on a trend. Yeah, um, man, hundred percent. Yeah, um, though, like, I didn't feel that with your guys's. Well, um, thank you. It, it felt uh, authentically uh, metalcore or something. Well, well thank you, man. Were, uh, you, were you into, like, the um, like Warp Tour scene? I don't know too much about Warp Tour. No? Um, no, no, I don't. Uh, but as far as, like, your so, point. So no moshing in your background. Well, I wouldn't say that necessarily. My mom took me to Papa Roach. Uh, okay. concert when I was younger. And, Yo, Papa uh, Roach was a huge influence on me too. Papa Roach, man. Um, I think they might have... I don't know. It might have been Pantera. They might have broken up by that time. I know mm. they've seen Pantera, but it was some rock show where like, I went on somebody's shoulders and I remember that. Um, I've been to a Chevelle show. Uh, not a lot of motion though, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. We need to... I need to... Yeah, to get my my stripes in. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take yeah. some lessons. There's a great um, plea for purging video that's like a um, how to tape. It's like a goofy '80s workout vibe, but it's like how to mosh. Got you. Um, it's fantastic. There was a era in metalcore music where like every music video was super goofy, um, hmm. just to mix with their super aggressive music. It's it's a good combination. Um, is in your music, um, is there a message that you want to give people? Is there a, um, does it, or possibly does it change throughout each project? Um, that's a good question. Uh, first and foremost, it would just be, um, just expression. So before any message, it's just my own expression, you know, um, and everything will be a little different, um. And there's certain songs that that will have a message like I'm working on this EP, which will have PTSD. It'll have a song called Disregard and um, and the song that you heard at the Baca show. Um, but uh, there's a song called Walk Over Me. That's like super personal to me. It's probably my favorite song. Deals with suicide. I got semicolon tattooed on me. And. Um, uh, yeah, just. I guess the message would be in the skill, showing my skill would be whatever you want to do, you can do. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a dude who dropped out of school, had no chance at, you know, a college or this or that, mm -hmm. but I stuck to rapping and I, I, I'm a high level rapper, you know, lyric, lyrically. And uh, so that would be one thing. And a lot of my music, you'll hear me talk about suicide or this or that and to keep going it gets better and you know we're all in it together 
You mentioned the semicolon tattoo. I don't. Is that a known symbol? I don't know. Yeah, it's a suicide awareness. Uh, okay. Symbol. So, uh, so basically, like a period stops, stops a sentence, and the semicolon it could stop, but okay. it keeps going. Okay, I see. So you know, that's, that's clever. They got some good marketing at the yeah. suicide people hotline. Um, yeah. Whoever yeah. trademarked the yeah. semicolons, banking okay. right now. Yeah. Um, not not to get uh, dark, uh, but why? Why keep going? Why keep going? Yeah. Man, you know. Mostly it's because family and like friends, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't want to, you know, if I was just by myself, you know, maybe the story yeah. would have ended. But uh, I don't want to cause any pain to my family or friends. Um, and also, man, it's like things can get better. Like okay. things can get better. And, and sometimes a situation ends up being a blessing that you don't know about or it prepares you for something else and you're able to handle the next thing better. Mm. Um, and you know, all the potential in the world is in the future. So yeah, you don't know, it could be bad or it could be good. And if you stop now, you don't know what the ending's going to be. You don't mm -hmm. know how, you know, I feel responsible for my family. I feel responsible for my friends, even though they're all uh, responsible for themselves. Yeah. I still feel responsible. And, um, if I'm, if I just check out, then, you know, what do you think? Do you have any, um, good advice? Or it doesn't have to be good. It could be just decent. I'm going to give um, you some shitty advice. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything better, anything more than zero is what I'm saying. Anything okay. it could be 0.2, you know, but okay. greater than zero is greater than zero. You know, I'll try. any advice you say it could be bad. Future could be bad. It could be good. Any advice on how to make it lean more towards the good? Man, for me, meditation is probably the biggest thing. Okay. You know, I meditate every day. It helps a lot with clearing your head and anxiety and uh, meditation, um, exercise, reading, you know, expression, however you can express yourself, you know, find a passion that you uh, look forward to doing and that gives you a reason to wake up, you know. Okay. Um, those are things for me. Right on. You know? Yeah, I think that's And it's still a struggle, all... you know. We, yeah. We, we stay prayed up. Yeah, I think that's a no. that's some good advice. I mean, the the exercise. I think, um, like I, my whole life, I've been a fat kid. Um, I've I've gone up and down, but most of my life, I've been heavier. Um, and I didn't realize how much um, eating bad and not moving affected my brain. Um, like I'm a pretty anxious person i i am awkward and like uncomfortable talking to people me too um oh yeah so, right on you know uh, cheers to that yeah, uh, yeah. so i didn't realize like once i started working out um and it could be a, a group of different things because it could be the fact that i'm exercising on its own that helped it could yeah. be the fact that my exercise that i started doing was fighting so like it, that may have relieved some anxiety because now I'm I feel more confident to be able to defend myself. Um, yeah. And it, it could be just the fact that I've gotten older that the anxiety has gone away because I think that's a thing. I'm not a teenager anymore, and I think teenagers are generally more anxious. But I do think that um, when I have the combination of eating right and exercising, that I'm much more clear headed. Like if For I sure. if I start eating bad at two p.m. I will be 
basically drunk for the rest of the day. I don't have to drink any alcohol, but if I ate like two pounds of candy, which I am liable to do, that's, that's how much of a fat person I am on the inside. I will get, I don't just get one bag of candy if I'm eating candy. I will get three and then some donuts as well. Like, I get it, man. Yeah. Um, that's, that stuff fogs up your brain a yeah, lot. You get yeah. groggy, you get sleepy. It yeah. affects the whole rest of your day, your interactions with people, yeah. your self-image. You know, the yeah. next day you're walking around like, damn, I just ate all that candy and donuts. You yeah, know? right. It matters so much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that exercise is a good, good tip. Um, I was just talking, I think, on one of the recent episodes of this about um, reading is one of the few forms of entertainment that require you to participate. Mm. You can't just turn a book on and sit back and turn your brain off. You know, you actually have to engage with it, um, mm. which is why people don't like reading, but I think it's why it's a healthier form of entertainment than say like TV or something mm. um, because you, it requires a bit of work. And I think that little bit of work that it takes to read is the same thing that it takes to exercise. It's, it, it's the thing that goes, all right, I'm making a choice to live right now. Like I, I'm not living because I'm here. I'm actually deciding to keep doing something, you know? So I I think that's a major thing. I think it might stick with you more too. When you read something I, I think compared so. to like just turning on a YouTube video. Yeah, you know? I you have to um you almost have to become the author in a way because you have to repeat their words in your own head. Yes. Um so it's almost like you're downloading a piece of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's a crazy thing, right? That it's we like, can we can take words from a dead person and take thoughts from a dead person and put them in our own brain. Yeah, bro. Uh, AI before AI. Yeah. Right. You know, cause now it's getting crazy. Um, I wanted to ask you since we're on the topic of books, like yeah. what's the last one you read that really stuck out to you that, you know, whether it be helpful or just one you yeah. enjoyed. Or- um, I, that's turning the interview around on me. That's, uh, that's against no. the rules, bro. But uh-huh. no, um, that's actually, I got an easy answer for that. It's called The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. Mm. Um, and it stuck out to me because you ever, are you a fan of uh, Kevin Smith movies? Uh, like Clerks Before and Morris? Oh, stuff? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, sure, for yeah. sure. I was thinking of, um, who's the, Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was going to no. joke before he got canceled, but <laughs> yeah. no, Kevin Smith's awesome. Um, so Sun Also Rises is about, um, basically about Ernest Hemingway and his buddies going on a drunken uh, vacation to Spain to see the running of the bulls. Hmm. Um, it's not like the main character is not named Ernest Hemingway, but it's clearly just him and his other writing buddies. Um, and it is so relatable that it's shocking to know it was written in the twenties. Like it, hmm. it sounds like a group of people from today's time. I mean, it's him and this girl that he used to date, um, and this Jew that they know. They, Shout out the Jews. I got some Hebrew blood in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit anti-Semitic, or at least the characters in oh, it are sure. a bit anti-Semitic. Um, but he's, Robert Cohen, he's kind of like a nice guy, you know, and okay. he, he goes on this trip with the girl and they hook up and now he's in love with her. And so all the drama in the book is about him trying to 
make her love him but she's mm -hmm. like no i just hooked up with you it's not a big deal you need mm -hmm. to calm down mm -hmm. um and like it's from the 20s and it's like wow i i did not know that relationships were exactly the same in the 20s that they are now um yeah, and man. so that's that's what stuck at, stood out to me in that book okay and it's yeah. when, uh when the sun rises the sun also rises the sun also rises i'm yeah. ernest hemingway okay. fantastic little drama um what about you what was a recent book that stood out to you um probably the 12 rules for life by uh jordan peterson yeah, that's a good one yeah i want to i want to go back to it yeah, and I read it on my phone. I want to get the hard copy soon and refresh my memory yeah, a little I, bit. I I enjoy uh, hard copy books over the phone. It's it's I love the feel and the smell of a book. You know, it's much yeah. better that way. Um, I actually had that on audio tape. Mm. Um, I mean tape on Audible. Audible, know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's it's a pretty good book. Yeah, some crazy stuff in it. You know, like the lobster with the serotonin and yeah. standing up straight and yeah. I, I was somebody who would have uh, turned my nose up at the advice to stand up straight. Cause I'm like, that's some, that's yeah. some old school. Like, I don't, I don't buy that, but yeah. you know, you get, you get a science lesson thinking about, Oh no, this stimulates serotonin production. And it's like, okay, yeah, that actually does sound helpful now. Yeah, um, man. Have you ever, uh, did you ever like, after you read that chapter, did you try it? Um, yeah, I, I definitely do it more now. Yeah. yeah. It feels weird though. You put your shoulders back and yeah. this and you know, I do it, but I always feel like, like, I wonder if they know that I'm doing this, you know, Yo, but you I feel better at that. Uh, I have a tendency when I sit down to, you know, do the whole, like both arms back thing. Uh, I went to that, uh, show that you performed at, um, okay. and I went into the comedian room and mm. there was like three people in there, I guess the show had basically ended and the comedian on stage was just talking to some audience members and stuff. Yeah. I sat down in the back, put my arms up and immediately the dude was like, hey, yo, what's your deal? You one of those <laughs> MMA guys? And I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, That's I crazy. am one of those. Yeah, I wonder how we knew that. I, right? I, I, I was wondering the same thing. Um, and I assume it's because I, I sat down like that. I had my shoulders back. He was like, you're walking in here like you don't got a care in the world. Like, uh, all right, that's it. I'm glad to know that I'm giving that vibe out. Yeah, man. All the exercise and diet from that's right. You know man. the anxiety to getting the clear head, shouting you out. Um, yeah. Do you play? Have you performed at a few shows with those? I know Baca sets up a bunch that do the hip hop and the comedy. Um, when I first came to LA, I did. Yeah. You know, um, that's where I met Boris, okay. and um, so I'm always grateful to Baca for that. Um. Boris is like one of the closest friends in LA that I have mm -hmm. and uh you know I kind of started recording a little bit more instead of performing and okay. um yeah you know but you know I went to that that one yeah you know a couple weeks ago so that was cool I'm glad I, he's still doing his thing yeah I did I just asked that because like um I'm a I'm a big comedy fan do you you mm. ever go to comedy shows are you a comedy fan yeah we uh we went to um uh, I think it was a comedy store, and we saw Bobby Lee. Oh, nice. oh you know? really? Yeah, I'm a big That's, fan of Tiger Belly and time. fucking the yeah. fighter and the kid, and you know, okay, all so, of that. So you're up on the drama then between uh, the fighter and the kid and him. Like, I guess um, what happened? Like they they the fighter and the kid assumed that uh, Bobby Lee's fans were out to get him or something. Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, yeah. 
I'm trying to get on both the shows, so I don't have too much to say. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah. I'm a fan of fan of them both. And um, right yeah, on. do you do you watch any of those? Um, I don't watch either of those. I've watched a episode or two of both of them, um, but not regularly. Did you ever hear um, Bobby Lee on the Dr. Drew podcast? Um, I've heard Dr. Drew on Bobby Lee's podcast, okay. but maybe not the other way around. Yeah, um, Bobby Lee's life story is just rough. Like, he, he's got some rough yeah, stories. Like, he was doing meth that as a teenager and yeah. getting molested and stuff. By, by a special ed person, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, um, which he jokes about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, meth at, like, 14 and was sober and then relapsed but he's doing good and um crazy life yeah crazy life yeah i'll tell you what um i i am a big fan of sober people uh, like people who have had struggles and became yeah. sober yeah. um because like one of the things that um aa does is make people proactively seek out the good like they gotta like fix the relationships that they broke and stuff yeah, and like I think that there is a problem with people generally where they just go along with life and try not to be a bad person as opposed to purposefully trying to do good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so I, I shout out to all the sober people out there who are trying to do good. Sure. That's that, tough work there. Um, I know people like super close to me that, uh, you know, got sober mm -hmm. um, with no AA or anything. And I have people real close to me that are like, you know, going to AA and like, um, I'll get sent like a meditation of the day every morning. Oh, and yeah. like, it's super inspiring, man. Like a year ago, this person is, you know, down on their luck, super, yeah. super messed up. And then a year later, I'm like looking at them for inspiration, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. You know, motivated and, you know, journaling and like uh i think he calls it like a daily inventory every every night yeah. he like checks hey was i honest was i a good person did i help people it's like there's a lot to learn from that even if you don't have a a problem so yeah, exactly right mm -hmm. i mean that that alone like a daily inventory of like reflecting and being like did i do good because i think yeah. most people just assume they did you know I, yeah. I i think a lot of people are like yeah i did all right i didn't hurt anybody today where it's like could you have done better? Like, yeah. I'm going to be doing a daily inventory of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Was I okay? Did, could they tell I was nervous in the beginning? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to do the same thing. Did, yeah. did, I, did I talk too much? Did I, did I not ask enough questions? Yeah, um, cool. Did you ever have any drug problems? Um, no, not really. When I was young. No heroin or meth in your past? No. In your path? No. Basically, uh, my parents were on drugs. So, like, okay. they were on meth, you know? Yeah. And uh, then my mom got sober and my dad uh, stayed on it a little bit. We, we, they got on meth here in, in California. Okay. And Because uh, my dad was in the Navy and then got kicked out. We go back. Dad stayed on it. And uh, the first time I ever took a hit of anything, I was, like, probably seven or something. It was, like, aluminum foil pipe. Okay. And um, I didn't get high, thankfully. So I don't know if that was meth or weed. Mm -hmm. But uh, after that, I um, uh, started smoking a lot from, like, 12 to 
15 maybe like every day like a lot of weed sometimes i'll pop a little pain pills or this or that but mm -hmm. nothing crazy and then started rapping stopped smoking and even now in la okay. you know i was i was a uh, cultivating weed you know yeah uh for a company and everybody else was smoking and taking dabs and i was the only one not smoking yeah. you know so yeah what about That's you cool. um i uh i was never um addicted to anything um but i have a general addictive personality like i have a um I get bored real easily, um, and I don't cure that boredom with anything healthy. I, I mm. cure it with uh, anything anything I can do that doesn't take responsibility or, um, you know, any kind of effort. Yeah. And, you know, drugs are kind of the perfect thing for that. You know, it doesn't take, you don't need any mm. responsibility to get it, and it doesn't really take that much effort. All you got to do is pay for it, which is... Yeah. super easy especially depending on which drug it is because um, some drugs are super cheap and you can spend uh eight hours on acid and it's like yeah whatever now um, we could maybe clarify some drugs i don't really consider drugs you know okay, like so mushrooms psychedelics and stuff be okay not, with that quite drugs lsd yeah. you know once in a lifetime for me i was yeah. cool on my one time what about yeah. you um i i've taken it several times um gotcha. I am very, when it comes to psychedelics, I, it's something that requires a certain amount of um, planning. Because, like, every time I, I, nearly every time I took it was, like, um, it, it makes me go, like, is this the best use of your time right now? And then I start tripping out on that, like, is this the best use? This isn't. I could have been doing something yeah, else, but now, now I'm you're stuck here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I assume that at some point in my life where I'm like, no, I do feel like it's the right place, like, then I'll be okay. But, like, for all I know, that time will never come. Um, mm. And so that's okay. Um, yeah. As far as other drugs, um, I, used to, I used to do coke every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but my yeah. friends hated how I did it. Because oh. I am a cheap bastard, and I would get like two grams, and they'd be like, "All right, let's do it all tonight." And then I would be like, "No, like I'll give you guys like two lines. I'm keeping the rest to just kind of take little bumps throughout my week, you know." Smart, <laughs> saving yeah. it, um, being responsible. And I'll tell you what: if that was sold at a drugstore, I would still be doing it. Um, the problem with it, I think, because like I could do it pretty responsibly without getting addicted. Because like that's I what said, they all say. <laughs> yes, what they all say. But they're also blowing the whole two grams over one weekend. I would keep it for a couple weeks. I don't want to support the industry. You know mm, what I'm saying? Mm. It's 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 a uh, the worst people in the world sell coke. Maybe not the worst people. I'm sure there's a few worse people. You know, the the heroin dealers are probably worse. I mean, they're out there selling yeah. humans too. But I guess yeah. you know, coke industry is out there selling humans too. So like. Fentanyl, yeah. man. Fentanyl, I'd say, is like yeah. the thing now that's so I, I have terrible. A I have a conspiracy theory that um, that that's not that it's not really a big issue. It's just something that it's propaganda from the government. Yeah, bro, you got to meet some some people on fentanyl, bro. Change your mind, <laughs> yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've talked to somebody once that said they smoked fentanyl, um, but they also seemed like they were lying. That's a weird thing to lie about. I, I think they were trying to seem edgy, you know? Um, Idiots. Yeah, right? Idiots. Um, yeah. Say something cool, you know? Yeah, right? Like, Smoke fentanyl. 
Yeah, right. Get away from me. Yeah, it's yeah. not 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 fun. This one time yeah. I went to uh, San Francisco for a uh, to help a buddy shoot a music video, okay. um, and I had never been to San Francisco before, uh, but I had heard stories, uh, you know, from right wing news about how like San Francisco is this terrible, dirty place, and there's drug addicts and homeless people everywhere. And I was like, that's got to be all stories. Um, we were at we were at this club. We were filming a music video. I was like, I'm gonna stop by the liquor store down the street, grab grab a soda. Uh, so I went. On my way out of the out of my on my way out of the liquor store, there was someone smoking off the tinfoil in his hand, and I was like, "Oh, snap! This place is kind of grimy. This is a grimy grimy place we're at here." Yeah, um, somebody told me it was probably heroin that they were smoking. They were like, "If it's out of the if it's out of the the glass pipe, it's probably meth or crack. But if it's out of the tinfoil, that's probably heroin." I um, knew this stuff. Was, yeah, they, they knew what's up. Yeah, it's it terrible was... though, man. Yes, I mean even in Hollywood. Like when yeah. I first got here, I stayed on Yucca, which is like right by Hollywood Boulevard. And um, you know, coming from Oklahoma, I'm thinking I'm gonna see you know marble yeah. houses and gold streets, you yeah. know. And then there's like a homeless dude just like jacking off right in front of my apartment, you know. Yeah, it's just all over the place. I walked past one woman. Uh, she looked both ways. Just dropped her shorts and just sprayed you know yeah. she just peed so they're yeah. crazy hollywood's of kind of one of the grimiest areas in la and it's yeah, funny man. like that like that's the perception from other places in america is like oh yeah hollywood is the glitz and glamour of hollywood and it's like no it's the glitz and glamour of like beverly hills or like anywhere up in the hills <laughs> like yeah. hollywood is the least of the glitz and glamour that you'll find that's no, true. Um, except for the actual the, the the one block on Hollywood Boulevard that they keep clean, so all the tourists can come see it and stuff. Even there, man. Yeah. Even there, but you know, what can we do? Yeah, you know, right. The homeless is it's crazy. When Jordan when Jordan was telling you I like fighting this because and I said the World Star moment, it's because I fought yeah. a homeless man. Oh really? When I'm World Star. Yeah, I'm glad man. you brought that up because I I wanted to talk about that, um, yeah. but. It has slipped my mind through this great conversation. So yeah. what happened that ended up with you fighting a homeless person? Um, well, first off, I want to say, World Star, credit me, man. That's right. It's a quarter million views. Credit me. Oh, snap. Let me, let me get my you know, my clout. So there's actually a video of this. We can it's see the video. video yeah, okay. Um, basically, I was working at Chevron at the time, and the uh, there was a manager there. This homeless dude like developed like a obsession with her and would like write her love letters and stay by her car when she got off work. And, um, one night she had asked me to clean something outside and she came with me and then, uh, he started mouthing off and this and that. And I was telling him, you know, or telling her, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. And I, I hypothetically allegedly had brass knuckles in my pocket and, um, I just had my hand in my pocket and I'm being very calm. He's like right here, just going. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Kept going. Then she turned around and started cussing at him. And I put my hand here like, no, 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 come on. And, yeah. and he grabbed my arm. It was my left arm. And then, you know, my right hand had that and just had to defend myself. Yeah. And um, got fired from it. Sent really? It. Yeah. And uh, I put, uh, Jordan had the idea, put put your, put your Colt 45 from the Ted Bunny tape. Put that on the, in the background and just send it to some fight videos. Let's yeah. see what happens. And, um, it worked. Yeah. You know, Worldstar picked it up. The only thing is they muted it. So there's no 
So you don't know it's yeah. me. You just yeah. yeah. So that's how it. how comfortable are you in getting in an altercation like that? I mean, you had the you possibly allegedly had the knuckles in your pocket. Um, yeah. Is that is that something you have experience with fighting? A little bit, you know. Uh, I was kind of like the person that um like people would try a lot, you know. Okay. So yeah. then you just gotta defend yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So. uh that's kind of how it was, you know, just yeah. in my in my life, you know. Um, semi-comfortable, you know. I don't mind it. Uh, I'm not, like, a skilled fighter like you, you know. You've trained and this and that. Not a skilled fighter, but, yeah. yeah you know. I, uh, I can act like it. I can pretend <laughs> to be. Acting like it sometimes is half the battle, I, you know. I think it is, man. I think, um, like, I never got into fights. Um, and I think part of that is because, like, I kind of acted like I knew more than I let on, you know? Uh, I had a buddy of mine that, like, we used to go to shows, and he would get in the fights. There was this band, Goliath, that I was a big fan of. They're um, semi-local. They would go on tours, um, like, across the West Coast, but they were based here. Um, And they had a tendency to have fights break out at their shows. Um, And I remember walking out of one of their shows once... Right after a fight had broken out, yeah. and my buddy came out, dude. I just stomped on that dude's head. Let's get out of here. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, but like I was, I was never the one to jump into one. I'd be like, nah, I'm yeah. good. Um, there was like one close call at one of their shows where somebody mm. on the edge of the pit looked at me and came up and punched me, Jesus. and I was about to go in, and the bassist in my band got between us and was like, dude, calm down. And I was like. All right. All and right. this is, is this before training? Or yeah, after? before training. See, I only see now, training. Now I have a feeling you you would, you oh, would yeah. move your bases out of the way and you would, yeah. you might have to, you know, show them your training a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. There's, yeah. there's, there's always like in uh, martial arts, there's like a, uh, like a philosophy of like, oh, we're trained. We don't, we don't fight because we could real hurt somebody. But, we were inside in carpet, you know, so like that's a different scenario. You're outside on the concrete. You don't want to bash somebody's head open on the concrete. Outside yeah. on carpet, though, like you can take them down. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, that's um, true, man. Are you a fight fan? Do you watch fights? I do. I'm. I'm looking to see what uh what McGregor we're gonna get. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel about McGregor? You know, I, a lot of I have some friends that you know train, and almost every one of them hates them. Yeah, you know, so like too cocky, hate him. Yeah, I came into the sport uh, late, um, and the reason that I started watching the very first fight where I was like, you know, I want to see this card was him versus Khabib, um, oh, shit. which I got into because I had seen the videos of Khabib wrestling bears, and I was oh, like, yeah. I want to see this guy who wrestles bears fight this Conor McGregor guy I've heard so much about, oh. um, and so like I've always kind of. And not liked McGregor. Um, Damn, so you were just Team Khabib as soon as you saw the Bears wrestling. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, gotcha. well, I'm I'm kind of partial towards wrestling. My brother was a wrestler in high school, um, and one of my best friends in high school was a wrestler. Um, so, like, I've always been on the grappling side over striking. Um, yeah, it's tough. 
yeah stuff i did two I did, weeks in high school i said okay, oh yeah let me smoke I, my I did like two weeks too yeah, um you know? and i then i found out that it costs money to be on the sports team mm. it, it, there was like an 80 dollar fee for the season which like is nothing but like i always felt bad asking my parents for money so i was like nah i'm, I'm out guys um yeah but yeah so because that was my first real exposure to the sport i've always not been a big mcgregor fan but like i think i've gotten I think I've liked him more over the years. He mm. kind, he kind of rises and falls. Like the mm. before his before his first rematch with Poirier, like he was really respectful and stuff. You know, mm. I drink his whiskey like I, I go twelve. It's pretty good. Shout out Papa Twelve. Yo, Irish whiskey is my favorite type of whiskey, and Me too. it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's where I stand. Are you are you a McGregor fan? Man. Yeah. Yeah. In like 2016, I, fr- I think it was, I don't know who he was about to fight. It might have been 2015, but it was, um, I was seeing like the buildup of the Poirier fight and mm. how he was talking all this shit and then he fucking, he got him yeah. and then uh, building up, building up to fight Aldo and then 13 seconds knocks him out and, yeah. you know, it just kept going and going. Yeah, I think I think that that's the difference. Like, it, I think if I would have saw him as a rising star, I would be right on the hype train. Uh, yeah. But I, I, yeah, was introduced to him with him getting just beat the crap out of. Bro, I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan, man. And when and when that happened with Khabib, I almost didn't go to work. Yeah. I was like, I'm just deflated. Yeah, you know? it's, it's wild. Like, I picked um, a fantastic card to go in on because, hmm. like, not only was that the main event, but also on that card was Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis, which was a absolute war. Tony Ferguson was drenched in blood by the end of it. Um, and He's then, a beast, man. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Volkov, I think, was on that card. Mm. But whoever Lewis fought, I know that he won, and then afterwards took his short up, shorts off because that was the his balls, balls was hot. Was hot yeah. Quote. yeah. So Crazy. like that that night overall, bro. I, I watched it at a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was so packed that we had to share a table. So it was me and my buddy mm. with this, like, older kind of redneck dude and his daughter. And then on the table next to us was a group of, like, Russians or, like, Middle Eastern dudes. Oh, and shit. so, like, this, this like, older redneck guy was like, who are you guys rooting for? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I've seen Khabib wrestle some bears, so I'm kind of rooting for him. And the... I was like, well, who are you rooting for? And he's like, the white guy. And I was Jeez. like, well, they're kind of, they're kind of both white, but okay. So yeah. we got to, I got to watch as this guy like trash talked with the group of Middle Eastern guys next yeah. to him. It, it was just a wonderful environment. Yeah, yeah. Khabib did his thing, man. Yeah, he really did. Uh... Yes, sir. But he'll be back. You know, sometimes like um when he was coming up, he was so he was floaty. You know, yeah. he would he had distance and you know. It seems like he's more he's more in his boxing stance. He's not as floaty. I'm sure he's still going to do great, you know. Yeah. But I'm curious to see. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting how, like, I think one of his tools early on was his unpredictability. Like he would throw like spinning back yeah. kicks and like weird kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like he'd have a better chance going back to that stuff. And I think that he's said that he's going back to it. Um. I am stoked for the him against Chandler though. Like Chandler's fights are like he only came into the sport like a year ago or yeah, whatever like and that. like 
every single fight that he's had I've watched and every single one win or lose has been an entertaining fight like yeah. he goes at it I can't wait yeah be dope. Um, so this we've reached the end of the podcast and I always give the guests an opportunity at the end to shout out anybody who you don't think gets enough attention any music artists any visual artists um, any mm. promoters any businesses first off shout out you you know for having me on I yeah. appreciate it thank you for coming on um, I shout out something dope for the people y'all should check that out really dope environment a lot of creatives there. You never know who you're going to meet. You know, DDG just performed in February. Um, you just never know, you know. Um, shout out my boy Bundy McBuckets. If you need some uh, if you need some videos done, you can holler at him. Also, you should go on his podcast. Maybe he can come on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, shout out Jordan. Fucking shout out Oklahoma. Shout out the EP I'm about to drop. And that's pretty much it. Right on. Um, before I get to, oh, well, I'm going to give a quick shout out here to Brett Hayes. You can check him out on Instagram, B-R-E-T-T-H-A-Z-E. He was at Something Dope for the People the other day. He came from England, from the UK, to mm -hmm. go to Something Dope for the People. And he was pretty dope. Like I, I liked his style. He reminded me a bit of um, the rapper Kojak, which I don't know if is if that is an insult to him because Kojak is Irish and like it may be insulting mm. to call an English man reminiscent of an Irish man. Mm. But um, yeah, his style reminded me of that. Um, the oh, man, I had a question. Oh, I should have asked it before I said that. <laughs> it's oh, all good. Dang it. All right. Well, that, that, that'll be <laughs> the end of the podcast then. Um, Oh, man, I wish I would have remembered. All right, guys, that's it. Have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for, for sure. coming on, man. Good night, everybody.